This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Oh, we are live. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. We made it to the end of the week. Uh, weekend probably can't come soon enough for a lot of people. Uh, in the markets right now. The good news is we are up this morning. I haven't been able to say that for a hot second, but we are up so far. Uh, so yesterday's chop fast coming off of that. Uh, reasons for optimism in what has been an unusually long period of weakness. I was looking at this morning. It's You have to go back to 2001 for the last time. The S&P 500 fell as many weeks in a row as we're about to fall. This week, I think we're at six, six or seven weeks in a row now. Um, so it's, it's been an unusually, unusually long stretch of weakness. But uh, like I said, reasons for optimism. We are up this morning. That's mostly due to China, I suspect. Uh, we'll talk earnings. Uh, there's another retail disaster today. It is raw stores down, down 20, almost 26 percent. Just brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, and we're going to have our retail analyst on the show today, Ryan Craver. Uh, from Commerce Canal, he 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 works in the retail industry. He's been coming on our show for years. Always has good thoughts and good takes on the retail sector, where what he likes, what he doesn't like. That'll be at eight thirty-five. So I'm very excited for that. Um, so good morning to everyone in the chat. Good morning, EKS, EZ, Mo, Stock Hands. Oh, thank you for that reminder, Stock Hands. It is the third Friday of the month. You know what that means? Options expiration. If you have any options, you know that. And uh, let's get to it. Smash that like, and here we go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. And I bring on Joel now, who brings on his charts. Joel, good morning. How are we looking? How are we looking out there? Not a lot of green on the screen. It's kind of no. nice to see here. We're up yeah. 45 and a half handles. Uh, caught a bid right off the open of that uh, that 6 p.m. open. Uh, really no relevant number on the upside. Uh, we have cleared yesterday's high, 43.50, by a few ticks, trading below it now. Uh, pre-market low, way down there at 98 and a quarter. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, crude up 41 cents at 110.30. Gold just a little bit in the red, 170, a buck 70, 18.39 and a half. Silver that's up a penny, 21.92. Bitcoin back over 30k, up 450 at 30,395. Ethereum futures they're back over 2k. They're up $61 in 2052. We'll bring Triple D in. And, you know, Triple D, uh, you know, technical analysis, you know, it definitely has its flaws, right? I mean, you know, there's it's not perfect. But at least it gives you a reference point. 
right? Sure. To know when you're right or wrong or entry or exit. And we said yesterday, you know, they got in the pre-market yesterday. They got it down to the low move by one point. One point they missed it by. And uh, held it in the in the pre-market. Held it for the, the entire session. And here we are back up at 39.40. So yep. held the we low. got a low. We got a low to lean on. And, and look what let us out. You know, this is the only thing that has been holding up. It's been the growth stocks. Mm-hmm. This is in the last week and a half since the Thursday bottom when they had the washout lows, which we talked about. Growth, even though the S&P was selling off for the last few days, growth stocks, ARKK, would not sell off. And now, what's leading us out of here? Those growth names. So, so far, so good. The growth is what started this problem, so the growth has got to get us out of this. And it is working so far. I mean, ARKK, five days of consolidation after the big Thursday washout. Now trying, trying to resolve itself to the upside. Unity software fits right in there. The washout on the Thursday, down to 29 bucks, quietly 42. You're talking about stock up 50% in a matter of a week. Um, you can just go through them all. Roblox, Affirm, Upstart. They all have, have the washout lows that Thursday. And they're holding up. So that's the good news. The bad news is that the big mega caps are not helping. Apple made a new low on the move yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they are obviously the S&P. Amazon trying to hold up. Google trying to hold its lows. Tesla has, you know, trying to hold its lows. And Tesla's up a little bit here this morning. But you can see that there's definitely been growth that has been holding the market up so that we could hold those lows. But as long as we hold holds those lows, at least you have a reference point. Oh, you know what else? Why we rallied yesterday? Why? Ivan. Yeah, the <laughs> Ivan rally. <laughs> Ivan finds that. Uh, I, I didn't do it, but I came as close. I had it queued up, but I never pulled the trigger. I came very close to buying Kathy yesterday. Eric, okay? Yeah. yeah. Just short term. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then see if it yeah, turned in the long term because it gave you such a setup, uh-huh. you know. Like, look at those lows. Oh, little cup and handle too, yeah. but even pretty looking. I know. <laughs> wow, wow. Oh ninety three, oh eighty six, oh sixty seven, oh ninety six, oh seventy two, and uh, that was the load yesterday. And then it had all those tops at uh, forty, uh, forty four. We're battling them right now. Forty four fifteen was yesterday's high. So, man, that would have been it. Would have been a low risk trade. I don't know why I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger on it. But, uh, anyways, uh, traded up to nearly forty five in the pre market. Let's see if this if this forty four holds up as support. Then I think you really got a. Uh, I think you really got a rally going here in Kathy. Um, and, and like uh, this pig that I own, six to ten MQ. This what is like is an, that? You it's own. uh, it's like an affirm uh, equivalent. Uh, I don't even know anything about this. Yeah, one. either do I. Obviously, <laughs> um, <laughs> affirm has uh, been moving up since earnings. Uh, what else is there? Um, yeah, there's 200 know. of those names. You so, can just so go much. through I all mean, the growthy stocks. Go to any, just go to your screener, any screener, search for stocks that are down 60% or more in the last year and pull up a chart and you'll see in the last those, week. They all look the same. They're all trading together. Yeah. And in the last week, they're all up. Some of them are up more, yeah. obviously. They held up well. Roku 
holding up well. Roku looks hey, the same. Speaking of Roku, I just saw this this uh, tweet from Eric Bartunis, who's a great ETF analyst on Bloomberg. For the first time in four and a half years, Tesla is not the top holding in ARKK. Roku is now the top holding in wow. ARKK as of wow. as of last night. Speaking of Roku. This thing gets above 100 and it has some legs. Yeah. Right? Look yeah. At that. I mean, four highs in the same area. Yeah. Hasn't traded much in the pre-market. Uh, but that, that has some legs. Gets We have the loss out on all these stocks. These are not the stocks that are going to lead us down here. It's not the stocks that have been leading us down here now anyways. They've let us down up to this point. But right now, those are the stocks that are holding us up. <laughs> stocks that are leading us down is everybody who sold all those things in capitulation day and say, put me in Procter & Gamble. It's like the market just punishes the maximum amount of participants. On that Thursday when they were washing everything out, obviously you saw a lot of stocks that have been holding up, but now it's consumer staples. And they are on the value trade. They're punishing those who are hiding in overpriced uh, defensive issues. Walmart, Target obviously started the sell-off, but it has spilled over into a lot of other things. And it seems like every day you get a lower price, lower multiple stock, down 25% on earnings. Today, it's Ross Stores' turn. I mean, the oh, PE on this thing disaster. on Ross Stores is not expensive. It's not expensive stock. It doesn't you. matter. This is not a stock that historically moves 24% in one day. But doesn't matter. That's what this market does. It is punishing those who think they're in safety trades. Yeah, we, we can go to that Ross, Ross Stores thing now. Uh, just a, a, a training wreck of a morning for that stock. Uh, I'll give you the numbers on the earnings report. Oh, gosh. Uh, out last night, earnings per share. Frankly, they missed by three three whole cents. Wow. Disaster, right? 97 cents versus a dollar. Whoa. Sales, 4.33 versus 4.53 billion. So they missed on the top line. Missed on the bottom line. They did give some same-store sales guidance. They said year over year, their same-store sales guidance for the June-July period will decrease about 4 to 6% on a year-over-year basis. They gave some EPS guidance uh, for in, in the low $1 range versus uh, $1.39. In, in the in the prior on the prior year at the same time, so uh, some downbeat, forward-looking expectations for raw stores to go with um, a slight miss on the bottom line in the first quarter. And remember, TJX yep. actually reported good numbers and gapped up, and raw stores gapped up with TJX that day because raw stores TJX are similar businesses. So expectations were raised slightly for raw stores. They come in under that bar, then they lower guidance. So they're like, this is not TJX. You didn't do anything close to TJX. And they're punishing it for it. I think it's an over, I think everything, is, you know, I think it's an overshoot, but I know what happens. You know, it seems like, well, we don't know anything, but what has been happening, stocks that go down 24% continue to leak. So hard to be a hero and just say, oh, yeah, it's overdone. I'm going to be the hero and buy this thing, and eventually it's coming back. Might be the case, but you could have did that in Target when it went down to 167. Now you're looking at 153. So I'm uh, just hands off on it. Yeah, it's uh, – I can give you the pre-market low. That, that's really all I can give you because 66.20. So you have had a four-point rally off that. Uh, the monthlies are giving you absolutely nothing here. You're blowing through every conceivable level on the monthlies even. 
And uh, I don't want to give the COVID low, uh, 56.30, 14 bucks away. I don't think we'll see it today, but you never say never. Uh, on the upside here, if you are looking for some upside in this thing, uh, so far, the bounce, uh, it kind of looks like it's bid now. Like people are like saying, oh, man, I got to. I got to cover my short. But uh, right now, I'll call 71.84 resistance. That's your rebound high in raw storage. R-O-S-T. So you got Burlington, B-U-R-L. Right. I was going to say, if you're wondering, oh, yeah. did, Bur- did Burlington also report? Nope. No. <laughs> Just sympathy. <laughs> Down 10% in sympathy. These sympathy moves are something to behold as well. I mean, here's the stock. It was $360 back in summer of 2021. A year later. It's down 200 points. I don't know what the PE on Burlington is. I actually kind of almost, you know, if you want to own some retail, this isn't a bad one. So Ford, they haven't Ford even reported PE, yet. Forward PE on, on, on raw stores it was is, is 18. The forward PE on Burlington is it's a 25. It's not. No, it's still kind of expensive. I wouldn't call it cheap, cheap. 25 still? People are paying 50 times earnings for that? When it was three hundred and fifty bucks, uh, I can't believe that it's still twenty five. We'll have to check that. the The all time high for the for its PE was thirty seven. No, thirty eight. They pay people pay not not so prices in twenty twenty one. They're yep. all being punished rightfully. So, yep. Uh, I I don't know. At a certain point in time, this stock interests me. One hundred and fifty bucks on Burlington is interesting, but again. Mm. It, do you want to? When does it report? Like, do I want to take it through an earnings report when they're punishing stuff so bad? I'm scared. Good question. I'll tell you. <laughs> we should probably know this stuff, right? Burlington, TJ Axe is uh, uh, thir- Thursday. Next Thursday. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be a hero and like say, <laughs> okay, I think Burlington's going to be because what if they miss? So I don't know. I guess I'm just hands off here, too. It's been tough. You know, I bought a little bit of Kohl's. Obviously, that was a disaster thanks to Target. I have no idea what to say anymore. It's a really tough investing environment. Uh, the TJX is giving. I mean, they're getting they're getting hit, and they already reported good. And uh, I know uh, they get uh, hit in sympathy, <laughs> and we already know their numbers. That's actually probably a buy on the dip for TJX. If it was to fill that gap and just get silly down to like fifty six or fifty seven, I think that would be a buy, but. Again, is anything about? I don't know. S&P has held the lows. That's the good news. Growth stocks look pretty good. That's the good news. Everything yeah. else looks like crap. Tough investing environment. Tough investing environment. Uh, someone just, who was it in the chat? Uh, Carmen, I suspect everyone has too much inventory. Carmen, you, su- you suspect correct. That's that's the big takeaway so far is everyone has too much stuff in their stores. Target said so. Walmart said so. Even TJ Maxx said so. Yeah. Um, consumer, sensor, right? Consumer is going to start buying less. Go to Deer. Okay, this is interesting too because Deer beat and beat, and it rallied, and then they said, "Nope, this is impressive." Like this is impressive sell-off because the quarter was actually pretty darn good. Well, and they, they, didn't they just, just find a reason to sell them. They did not. Ju- they didn't just beat, but they raised their guidance. They raised their earnings guidance. They beat the and year. raise, and they're yeah. hitting the stock. Yeah, that that's that's about the best thing you can do if if you're the company. That's all you can ask for. Like like if you're the executive, right? If you're the CEO, like, hey, I'm gonna throw out a beat on the top line, a beat on the bottom line, and I'm gonna raise wow. my guidance for the year. Wow. What more? Do, what more can you really ask for? Not nothing right. really. Maybe a buyback. I don't know. 
Beat, beat, raise. Joel equals down 22 bucks. The alg news algos absolutely annihilated on this. They bought the thing up, and it was very little low volume, but they bought it up to $400. An odd lot ticked 400 390 was bid 385 390 I thought when it's going like 380 385 I was like, man, I should short this because it was a beat, beat, raise. But, I mean, they're just, you know, selling reps. They pull the rug out from it five minutes later, and it goes negative. I mean... What a gift if you were selling it up there. Now it's like, what do you do now? You can come in. They beat, beat, raise, and they knock the stock down 22 bucks. So, I mean, expectations were somewhat high for Deer. It has not sold off at all, really. So they're just coming for the stuff that hasn't sold off yet. Deer fits that description. Let's find a reason to sell it. We'll look through the footnotes. We'll look through something. But we'll find a reason to sell. It's the same reason I was bearish Caterpillar when Kramer was bullish. Because they haven't sold the stock off yet. Anything that hasn't sold off yet is suspect. Meaning that sellers might just come for those stocks next. That's what they're doing. They're looking for stocks that haven't sold off. And they're hitting them. And I cannot believe they're selling this off 22 bucks on this earnings. But I'm not buying it. Uh, if you're going to buy it, you do have some uh, daily lows. That came, or just like at the lows of the pre-market session, and it looks like no one's making a move here. Um, but uh, Everybody's scared, man. I know. I Stocks mean, what do go you down 6%, go down 10%. Okay. I'll That's just this environment. Um, I'll give you a range. I'll give you a range from 326.75 to 338. Those uh, are your February... 24th low and February 25th low 2675 and 38 you might you might get a look at that 38 here uh today but man oh man oh man break it down on the monthlies too so you need to get back over 350 again uh cat though cat's not going splat um well, I looked at it before I was up a buck and it's now down it's down about. 79 cents so I'm just, be careful in that when one when the cat report there, there I can't a, remember. That was already here. I'll tell so they you. they already report? Yeah. The, yeah, they reported on the 28th of April. Okay, yeah. so we're going to know Cat. Yeah. Cat needs to hold 200. That needs the level to hold. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on Deer. Deer is obviously your leader here. It's holding up quite well, Caterpillar, to only be down a buck when Deer is down 20. I normally would think, but I, I guess because Caterpillar already reported, they're not going to hit it much, but 200 is a big level for Caterpillar. But again, if you're in these stocks that are sitting up 2 3 5% off of all-time highs, those are scary because they could be the next victim. This market is now buying the stuff that is really beat up and selling the stuff that hasn't been hit. That is what has happened in the last week. That's what continues to happen. It is why I think the oil stocks are going to implode. I do think that's going to happen. I might be wrong. Started to try to do it yesterday, and the buyers just come back. But you can say the war, you can say a lot of bull cases, but reading the tea leaves through other sectors, they are looking for what hasn't sold off. Mm-hmm. Oil stocks are sitting up here, a lot of them near all-time highs. A lot of them have had very ridiculous runs, like big, big runs. I'm scared on oil. I'm scared on utilities as well because they haven't been hit hard either. A lot of the utilities, like a southern sitting up here perched near highs, rising interest rate environment. Like utilities make no sense to me because that is a direct competition with you know rising yields. And you have yields going up. Why am I going to jump in a Southern for 3.7% dividend 
when I got my banker calling me with three, he's going to call me in a month with three and a half because <laughs> rates are going higher. I mean, why would I take on any risk if I can get it risk-free? So I think the utilities are in for a lot of trouble coming soon. Oil depends on the war. If it escalates, there's, you know, there's a bull case still there. I can't fathom what the bull case is for utility stocks. Uh, honestly, I think it's one of the, I think it's uh, the short side logic. The bull case is a recession, and utilities are seen as defensive. Yeah, but if we're in it, but still, why take risk? Why take risk of a recession in a stock at all? Why Why are you going to jump in Southern for a 3.7% dividend when you can get three, three and a half now uh, on, you know, or even more in some cases if you're going out longer term in risk free assets? I mean, this is right to textbook in this market. You know, go back to your CFA. Put your CFA hat on. I can't understand how utility stocks are rising in an interest rate environment that's, you know, in a rising. Who do we bring on? Do we have a utility guy that. Spencer, Ooh, good question. I, we, we we so rarely talk about utilities because they're so darn boring uh, that I I'd have to dig deep into the Rolodex. But they hate okay. boring right now. This market is punishing boring. American Electric Power right up here near all time highs. Southern right up here near all time highs. You'd have a chance to sell these things up here, and there is money hiding in all these things. I mean, Southern has run from fifty dollars Joel a year ago to seventy five, and we've raised interest rates over that course of time. I can't understand it. I can't understand how these stocks are holding up. It's just well, stupid. I think it's just dumb money isn't, that thinks these are safe. Isn't part of it just like inflation? I mean, th- these utilities have pricing power. They like people need people need utilities to live. I, but I don't even care. What are you getting in there? You're getting that yield. You're in these things for that dividend. Well, that's why the investors in are in there. because like some people need to have equity exposure, and if you're gonna, if you got to go somewhere, you might as well go until the utilities in a recession. That's the money managers, the dumb money. I... Believe me, <laughs> all the money managers, eighty-five percent of them don't beat the S and P. The majority of the money managers are stupid. That's the truth. They're stupid. You have, you know, Warren Buffett's who are geniuses, but you have a lot of stupid people managing money. They have, you know, and they and they're gonna go in there and saying, "Oh, I'm gonna go utilities because this will go up." I mean, I think it's a dumb trade. And maybe I'm wrong. And sometimes I'm wrong. Don't kid yourself. I'm wrong lots of times. Wrong but I think the utilities are – I would not want to own a utility stock. Not at these prices. I sold all my preferred stocks. Bill, I sold all my preferred stocks what? two months ago. All of them. I didn't realize you did that. All of them. Three, oh. three months ago, I sold my preferreds. And it was an absolutely good call. I wish I would have talked about that, actually. Look at the PFF. What has this done? Yeah. PFF normally correlates with the utilities, but the utilities, for some reason, are getting a pass. I don't think they're going to continue to get a pass. Not after what I've seen to happen to consumer staples. So, yes, I've sold almost all of my preferred stocks because you know why? I'm looking at it. I had some preferred stocks getting four and a half, five. I'm like, well, rates are going up. That's not going to be good for these stocks. They were all at all-time highs. PFF, look, look at it at the beginning of the year, at 38 bucks. Oh, we'll just ignore it. I think, I, you know, basically, if you're buying PFF, at the beginning of the year, you thought the Fed was lying. That's what it worked out to, that they're not going to raise interest rates, that there's going to be a reason not to raise rates. So if you thought that, you're punished for it, rightfully so. The same reason why we sold bonds, the same reason why I said I would not want to own the TLT. And I go back to the tape from last year when the TLT was 150, and I said, it's going to get ugly here. And it absolutely did. We got this right too. Bond sell-off, Preferred stock sell-off was predictable to 
to tell you the truth, this has been one of the most predictable markets that we have seen ever. Because in 2020, if you didn't know, I was just everything was logic was thrown out the window, hot story made sense. This market is trading on logic. The reason bonds have been killed this year is because interest rates are going up. The reason preferred stocks have been killed this year is because interest rates are going up. Why they haven't killed the utilities is beyond me, but I think it's to Spencer Israel's point that you have money managers that are moved out of these growth stocks and they think they're safe in utilities, and I don't think they are. That I guess that answers that question of where you think the Green Reaper is coming for next, uh, going to next. That's my is, opinion. Yeah. I might be wrong, and maybe maybe to Spencer's point, they're recession proof. You're still going to need power. No, no, so maybe people are recession. hiding there. The the, the the companies might be recession proof. The stocks are certainly not recession proof. That's what I'm saying. Right, right. And I think eventually that they're coming for those stocks too. After what I saw happen to Procter and Gamble, after yeah. what I saw happen to Walmart and Target. Do I feel like I'm safe with Southern? No. Walmart? <laughs> look at that Walmart shirt, Joel. That bar doesn't even look like it fits. Go to the go to the two year on Walmart. Show it, just justify it. So I those I know, bars, I keep... that red bar doesn't even look like it belongs. It looks like it's a mistake. It's never I, done that. I know we keep coming back to Walmart and Target, but it's because it is so mind blowing. Like it, it, it is one thing to see. A stock with a PE of like a uh, of like a hundred and fifty come crashing back down to earth at, at a time when the market is sort of re-rating how it values you know certain pockets of tech or all of tech for that matter. But it is it is another thing entirely to see Walmart, which had like a PE of like a forward PE of, of like twenty three, right? Which is not even high. It's frankly it's normal, right? It's not even a richly valued stock yep. at all. To see that thing come crashing down to its, have its worst day in 35 years, that's a whole different kind of market. That's a, that's a different beast, right? So, um, and that's why we're going to have Ryan Craver on in a few minutes to talk about this because it, it is it is one thing to see expensive, crazy moonshot stocks get taken out back behind the woodshed. It's a, it's a different thing entirely when it's your Walmarts and your Targets. Because those things, I mean, could we have like, you know, how we had the ridiculous, you know, move in the, um, uh, in the, um, you know, the growth stocks, how they got like just so overvalued and stuff. Are we going to, are we going to point, and I don't know where we're at in this point too, where like, you know, some of these stocks just get to just ridiculous levels. I mean, and they're actually good buys. We could have the, yeah, I mean, we I don't know where and when, but I mean, I just, you know, well, I mean, it's going to be the one that missed by a lot, right? Uh, Walmart, Miss too. I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not in them. I, it, I don't know. It's gonna be. It's to your point, Joel. There will be a time to buy Target. There will be a time to buy Walmart. There will be a time to buy Ross stores. There will be a time to buy Cisco. But I'm gonna wait till they stop going down at least. <laughs> you know, not even like a Karen Feinerman three day rule, like a thirty day rule. Like let's you know, th- this is not just undone. A move like this catches so many people, so many people that it's just not undone in like a day or two. These aren't just going to V bottom. You've just destroyed wealth in these things. Wealth that thought it was safe. I was in the safety trade of Target and Walmart and I just watched my money implode 30%. What the hell is going on? And that's to the tune. That's why this market sold off the other day to Target. It's like, what's next? The only good news for this market is there's not a lot of earnings. Most of them are reported. Well, 
We have uh, NVIDIA next week. There are some big ones next week. Since you, since you mentioned it, uh, I know it's it's off topic for the group, but we got Alibaba next week, Dollar General, Dollar Tree, both report next week. Macy's, these are all on Thursday, by the way. Macy's is, is on Thursday. Uh, Burlington Stores is on Thursday. William Sonoma is on Wednesday. We got Zoom randomly on Monday. Let's didn't realize they hadn't reported yet. Uh, who else do we have next week? Uh, Dick Sporting Goods is Wednesday. Yes. Um, so we do have. Oh, Co- when is Costco report? Costco is next week as well. I think. So I think they're Thursday. Um, so Costco is going to be interesting. <laughs> the bar is set low for Costco. That's one that. But again, you look at the multiple, and it's trading like what thirty times earnings still. Not expensive. Doesn't matter. Well, it's not. It's not cheap. Costco's always been expensive. If Costco ever got down to twenty, I would buy it. That's an awesome company. But that's an unbelievable move for Costco. Uh, one month ago, it made a new all-time high. We're right close to it. Six hundred nine dollars in one month. Costco which is one of the best-run companies in the world, has lost 200 points, and they didn't even say anything. I don't yeah. even think they, they didn't even report No, in the last month. They didn't do anything. No. Just punishing it just because they're punishing everything else. Costco has a low bar now. I actually, at a certain point, I would be a buyer of Costco, but I don't know what time to stop going down. I got to wait till they stop going down before I try to be a hero because whenever I'm a hero and I say, oh, the stock's just cheap enough, I'm going to buy it, the stock continues to punish me. So I'm going to wait until it stops going down. That's what everybody else is doing. But wow, what a destruction for Costco, too. Palo Alto Networks is coming up as well. Palo Alto, they, 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 that's already out. They reported. No, um, somebody in the chat, we're going to cover it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, we're yeah there, there's Palo a few Alto. more earnings here. I mean, we can go there. Let's look at Foot Locker here because it's 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 in the retail um, segment. Foot Locker, I Got to see, didn't see this one coming. Okay, it was a beat on the top line. EPS, uh, buck sixty versus buck fifty-five sales. Just a, just a smidge of light, but I'll call that in line because close, close enough, right? Is what I'll say. Uh, it was a slight miss on the sales, though. Uh, they gave some fiscal year sales guidance uh, at the upper end of the prior range that they had given of four to six percent year over year. Uh, they gave some comps guidance, comp sales guidance also on the upper end. Basically, all the guidance that they gave was at the upper end of the range that they'd previously given. So pretty good guidance for Foot Locker and a bottom line beat compared to Wall Street's estimate. Lines are working on this one. Um, after you had the gap down and washout move, it came back up and went to 32.59. This was the high right here, actually called 32.66. That was your March 21st high. Went back and Tested the low of the move. Where do you get to in the pre-market, pre-market trading? You get to 3270. So missed it by four cents. You backed off a buck. I mean, that's what you need to get into this gap area. You know, it took it, it it reached it in the pre-market. Uh actually in the after, yeah, pre-market. Let's see, you know. Doing it again, regular sessions, a whole different thing. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna have some paper to chew through, maybe 31, 32, but keep an eye on that pre market high. It's a real good level. If it doesn't get up, take that out and perhaps roll over a little bit. Don't know if you'll see the bottom or the top of yesterday's range. That's not too far away, 3110. A couple others, and then we'll just bring on um, Ryan Craver. I guess we can look at uh, Decker's Outdoor. That's actually near the top mm-hmm. of my gainers tool this morning in pro. Uh, wow. Up 15%. I know. 
This is another surprise for me. EPS, massive, massive beat there. Uh, they reported $2.51 of earnings per share. Last quarter versus a buck 32 estimate. Sales also, they beat by $100 million. $7.36 versus $6.39 million. So a huge beat mm. for the last quarter. They gave, gui- they gave guidance for the fiscal year. Uh, it was maybe a little bit on the light side, but uh, just a just a massive, massive earnings beat. Dennis, and I, this is just a hypothetical situation here. Dennis, if you needed to sell a thousand shares of this stock right now, yeah, I mean, what, what, how, you know, how, how low do you think you? It's it's up on twenty six hundred shares, folks. It's yeah. up sixteen. We can get out of two hundred. We know we can get you can get out of two hundred to two sixty two eighty seven. Okay. Then you can probably work in, you know, a buck. You can get out of that. A buck? A buck. You need 10,000 shares to sell. <laughs> it is nibble out of it. Like, you just got to yeah. work yourself slowly out here. But yeah, there's a bidder up there. I mean, I would wait till the regular session when the oh liquidity gosh. came in instead of knocking yeah. it down if I had 10,000 shares to sell. I mean, am I buying this up 36 no bucks? Way. It's not the recipe Absolutely to make money in no this 2022. Way, I'd be a seller of the rally for the simple reason is that it works. It doesn't even matter what the stock is. It seems like eventually they give it back. So great quarter, great company. Might continue to go higher, but I, when the dust settles here, does it give some of it back? <laughs> I mean, a lot of other stocks have. Next daily chase, high. Next daily high is two seventy five thirty. So, um, and that day uh, uh, when it hit that two seventy five thirty, <clears throat> it goes to two fifty eight ninety nine. I'd be happy with anything over. You know, if I t- took this thing home longer, Joel, Joel you, you, can, you can tell us. Do you have to sell a thousand shares of, of of Deckers right now? No, 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 no. I but I, I tell you, they um, besides <laughs> like the Uggs, you know, which I'm not. I mean, I, I just don't know why you would have shoes that slippers or whatever you can't wear outside and they're extremely warm. Yeah. Uh, but um, I got a pair of a Hoka's. Um, I got a pair of sandals that are Hoka's and then I got a pair of gym shoes that are Hoka's and those are both made by Deckers. So. I, don't know, I don't know what that is. Um, all good, right. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good products. All right. Well, apparently it's a bull market for shoes. Everyone but Under Armour, Deckers and Foot Locker. Uh, let's, let's bring on today's guest, uh, Ryan Craver. He's the founder of Commerce Canal. He's a uh, he's been in the retail industry for uh, a long time. He's been coming on our show for years, and this is probably uh, one of the most uh, exciting times I've ever been to talk to Ryan because of all the uh, the chaos happening in retail land. So, Mr. Craver, good morning, sir. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning. How are you? Uh, how I got are you? question. How I got are you? I think is the question. Yeah. So, so Ryan, so everyone... Stop buying stuff. I mean, is that it? The whole world is done buying stuff at Target. No one's buying anything anymore. That's the way the market's reacting. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think we're, we're definitely a little overdone. Um, Walmart and Target uh, shocked me. Um, definitely shocked definitely did not in, anticipate uh, 
seeing that bad of a report. Um, if we think but stop, that, Ryan. Was the report yeah. that bad, or was the reaction just that bad? I mean, the Walmart report didn't even seem like it was bad, but it didn't seem like let's knock the stock down 12-13% bad. I mean, is it the reactions that are shocking, or is it the reports? I, I think it's both. Um, and the the key reason why I think Walmart and Target shocked me so much was their inventory increase year over year. Not the EPS, not the sales numbers, not the fact that digital slowed. What shocked me was their inability to slow POs as the supply chain opened back up. So if you remember, all of China, most of India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, all of them were closed down for COVID. And all these POs were placed to get the product in as fast as possible because we had pandemic-fueled spending. Everything we brought in was selling. Prices were higher. We were making more EPS. We were making much more revenue. But then as, as the supply chain started to ease, they never, they never canceled any of the goods that they had overbought as it eased. So everything came in late. It was the wrong product. And now they're up 30 plus year over year in revenue on sales numbers that are up less than a percent in digital, some negative and a few points in total. So their ability to manage the business was just very, very poorly done. Um, And that's why I think there was so much shock in those numbers. And then it was just a, a snowball rolling downhill. Now, you were talking about before I joined, you know, do we wait or is it the Karen three day rule? You know, it's it's obviously catching a falling knife right now, but these are pretty good where they're at right now. So, you know, me personally, I haven't been in Walmart and and Target for a while now, but I think they look pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day here. Do these stocks eventually bounce back? I mean, this isn't some penny stock that's, you know, this is Walmart. This is Target. These stores aren't going away. Yeah. I mean, these stores aren't going away. I do think they eventually bounce back. I just don't know where they bought them. So I'm, like, yeah. scared to, like, buy it here, at, you know, 119. And then I look at it another week, and I'm like, how is it down at 100 now? I mean, it's, yeah. been, the, it's been the story of 2022. It's like you buy the dip, it holds on for a day, and then all of a sudden there's another dip and another dip. And, like, the dip turned into a cliff. So it, it's it just it's tough like to just be the hero and say this is the bottom. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the the other part to think about is is Q two is going to be heavily discounted, right? When Walmart has thirty two percent more in inventory, they're discounting hard right now. So we're not seeing those in those numbers yet, um, and they have to get through that glut of inventory. Keep in mind. Once they get through that glut, they then have a shortage in inventory again because China is still shut down right now. Can't win here. So we're going up, down, up, down. Does that maybe mean that Q3, Q4 is going to be difficult because they won't have enough inventory? So how do you play this? I think if you're not going to start to dip your toes into Walmart and into Target, it'd probably go more Walmart than Target. Target was a lot worse than Walmart. Um, I think you got to look at those that do a solid job when there is ample inventory and excess inventory in the market. And that is 
names like TJ, TJ Maxx, right? Um, you look at names that have a little bit more of their business tied to consumer staples, tied to small and medium-sized businesses, that's a Costco, right? And then you start to think about where the market's moving, uh, you know, away from brick and mortar. It hasn't shown that data just yet as we've opened up, but if you're, if you're going to place your bet on e-commerce, you got to go with the toll booth of the internet, which is Amazon. So all of those names have traded pretty poorly as well. So if you, if you want to play in retail, I think you either got to pick either of the two big ones that have had a lot of pain and may have more pain or place your bets in, in the winners, which is the Costco, the TJX, and the Amazons. Ryan, what about what Cole said on their call, which was, uh, hey, the first three months of the year, looking good. The, the last two months, not so hot. Yeah. January, February, March was amazing in stores for those that sold a lot of apparel, right? People were going back to work. People were starting to get ready for travel. Um, and then the, the e-commerce business was just terrible. And then in April, for whatever reason, people started moving back to e-commerce. Kohl's is very unique. The last time we talked about Kohl's, you said, would you take a bet on them? And I said, no, because I think that that, that, um, that bid, that stocking bid that they were receiving, plus the interest from Hudson Bay, I didn't think was gonna happen. It hasn't happened. We've also announced that there's chief merchandising officers out. Yep. Um, Coles, Coles is rough. Wow. All right. Stay um, away. This this has all been extremely enlightening um, for for all of us here, and I I, I think everyone in, in the chat as well. Um, what, what do you, as we look ahead to next week and we talked about Costco and, and obviously you said you like that, but there's a lot of names that still have yet to report. Um, look at like Dollar Tree, Dollar General, Macy's is next week, Dick's Sporting Goods is next week, Burlington, Williams, Sonoma, they're next week as well. Uh, do we need to just like set the bar like on the ground here for all these things? Yeah, I think I think Burlington's going to be really interesting because we saw TJ Maxx did did a pretty stellar job on their report. Uh, Ross absolutely, uh, uh, I can't think of the right word to explain what they did, but they didn't do very well. So if, if Burlington is one that probably goes by the Ross type customer in terms of demographic and, and where their stores typically are, I would think that they're not going to do very well. So I'd probably steer clear of there. The dollar stores, the dollar stores will be our first understanding at the lower price points, how, how well they're doing. I think they have plenty of inventory. So I think if they had the customer come, they should do very, very well. Um, and they had a lot more of their stores open in Q1 versus what they did last year. So it should be a pretty good number. Um, plus they're in a lot more private label goods that are typically cheaper uh, than your than your branded goods. So next week, next week's gonna be very, very interesting. <laughs> uh, Toronto Dave said, please ask about Best Buy. Uh, yeah. Wait, shoot, they didn't report yet, did they? No, no I don't think so. No. Tuesday, next okay. Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, right, I knew that. 
They didn't. Um, I think, I think um, I'd probably assume a lot of what Target saw, they will see. So Brian Cornell made the comment, uh, trading TVs for suitcases. Um, I think the appliance sales where, where they've gotten a lot of their growth more recently, the higher ticket electronics are probably going to be pretty difficult. Um, go forward. Q1 might have been pretty decent though, but I think it's largely going to trade based upon where they put their forecast at, um, which I think is probably going to be difficult. It's been cut in half. I mean, some of these moves here are pretty impressive. We got up to $141, and we have basically been cut in half in the course of six months here in Best Buy. At a certain point in time, is there value here, or it's just this is a tough environment right now, and don't be a hero? I think it's the latter, yeah. Mm. Tough environment right now. Wait for some clarity. I mean, the, the, the one thing that I do think that's positive here, and you could argue it might not be that positive, but... If you remember the consumer in 2019, a lot higher debt, a lot more buy now, pay later, um, not nearly as high of a savings rate. I think we'll go back there. So I don't think the consumer will stop spending just because the savings rate goes down. Their access to debt is so much greater than it was two, three years ago. So I think they'll continue to spend. They're just going to buy a lot less because prices are up higher. And eventually, as some of those jobs get filled and more people come into the workforce, I do think that that is a positive catalyst for Q3, Q4, if we have the inventory. Um, Shanghai's got to open. Do you see any consolidation here? I mean, do you see uh, – I mean, with – with the way these stocks are acting here, you, you just, I mean, there's got to be some store closings come up and coming up, right? And some layoffs. I mean, you know, it just, that just seems, do you think there's, I mean, Kohl's had a, had a shot. I don't know how, how they, they turn that down. I mean, do you see, do you see any kind of consolidation or who's going to be the first one to be closing these stores? I mean, it, it, it almost seems inevitable with what the price action is saying. Yeah. Well, they've, they've, they've been riding high because they um, had so many stores closed for so long that that return to stores being open has given them a false sense of hope in brick and mortar returning. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah. think, I think the longer term, trend of the shift to e-commerce has now made its way back to the more historical growth number. And I think if you look at guys like Macy's, guys like Kohl's, um, those that we've always talked about being overstored, they will, they will start to close them. They will start to close them. Whether they have enough to get through Q2, Q3, and then hope for a big Q4, it's tough to say. But I, I can't see how Macy's puts up an amazing number. That they're, they're just the death by a thousand cuts. Uh, and I mean, it would. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to go back to this stock, but I mean, it just feels like this is like a Kmart, you know, like a, you know, a Kmart Sears, scenario. Sears Kmart. Yep. Yeah. 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 You know, Sears Roebuck. I mean, it just. 
it just kind of it kind of feels like that all over again. Like who you know who's going to be the big dog to fail? I, I I don't know. I haven't invested much in retail, and <laughs> I don't know if I'm I'm going to. But um, is there uh, any any positives? I mean the uh, I mean we saw what did to the high end retail. I mean the Williams Sonoma. I mean they kind of tipped things off. The RH is there. Anything, anything that uh, I mean, all these charts look absolutely the same. Is there any, any, uh, anything you like? So we we haven't really talked about specialty today. There are some specialty players that are are doing quite well. I mean, uh, the Deckers numbers were great. I think they've got several brands that are doing very, very well. Um, Foot Locker, uh, you know, Lulu, they, maybe. They, they're, yeah. So Foot Locker, their divorce from Nike scares me because they're going to become highly dependent upon Adidas. Adidas is nowhere near as hot as Nike is, uh, market share-wise. Lulu, I think Lulu, this is a great number where they're now at. I honestly thought I'd never be able to potentially buy Lulu again. Um, They're down so considerably. Five Below, keep in mind Five Below is still opening stores. One of the few that's still opening stores other than dollar stores. Um, so I think they might be worth taking a peek at. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of this carnage is making me quite excited to get back into some of these names again. Um, it's fun. It just seemed like it, 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 all these uh, companies mishandled the, the pandemic. I mean, from, uh, you know, from the, the major slowdown, you know, to, to the, I mean, Whoever supply chain schools, uh, you know what they were teaching. I, I guess they really, they really, uh, they really messed things up. Just still, still dealing with the fallout from that. Uh, yeah, uh, Runs are hard. Exactly, that's right. Ryan Craver is a retail expert. He's the founder of Commerce Canal. He's got uh, great hair and better retail takes. Uh, Ryan, it's always a pleasure. I, I was very excited for this because I had no idea. Whether you're going to come in and be like, uh, guns are blazing, like it's the end of the world, or don't worry, everything is okay. But actually, I think you, you're very measured, and uh, you drop knowledge on us, and you explain why things are the way they are. So we appreciate your insights, as always, and uh, have a great rest of your day, man. Thank you. Have a great weekend, guys. All right, Thanks, uh, Ryan. I was not going to ask Ryan. The chat wanted me to ask Ryan what he, what he uses in his hair. I was not going to use They that. said they want you to ask and then tell Dennis. Okay. Yeah. Dennis hey, hey, I got a haircut. Hey. You know, I, 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 our chat, yeah. man. They just. Look at this. They, this they looks awesome. My wife cut it. Tweet at Ryan yourself. At Ryan M. Craver. Tweet at him yourself and ask You him guys are just. I've never him. seen so many hair comments in my There's entire life. In the chat. But, uh, uh, all right. Uh, We're Triple D. What do you. I mean. I'm kind of surprised we were up this much, and then now we're kind of just coming back down to reality here, huh? I don't know what to say. I mean, we got an options expiration here today, so you're going to have a lot of volatility. I know you feel like you've had a lot of volatility. It's going to be a lot more crazy open, crazy close. Expect that. I mean, this is you know what these things do on options expiration. We've already been crazy coming into this. Mm-hmm. I think we we clearly are seeing rotation happen every day and the rotation is the beaten down growth stocks are just too beat up and we're willing to buy those now and we're not willing to own some of these stocks that have just been holding up so well and i mean that was to the walmarts and the targets and the safety trades so 
I just think they're going to keep coming for different sectors that haven't sold off. And part of me thinks on dips, you can nibble into some growth. I don't know if that eventually the rug's pulled from everything, though. So I'm still sitting with lots of cash, not going all in. But rotation is working right now. Identifying it early is making people money. What are the um, the big warehouse stocks? What are what are those? Can you think any off the top of your head? What do you mean by warehouse, warehouse. stocks? You what know, like storage? logistics companies or what XPO. I'm I'm just thinking with this. Uh, I mean, you know, with this like more... crazy over expansion, you know, of you know the stores and the inventories and. You know, the warehouses perhaps overexpanded too. I don't know. I'm looking at it from the short side. Am I, am I, uh, am I kind of, I mean, oh, there's already been hit. I mean, XBO has yeah. been killed. You know, yeah. if you want to look at the shippers, UPS and FedEx have been, you know, hit really hard. I guess I mean, UPS is $30, right 167. Is there a buy on some of these things at a certain point in time? Again, maybe, but they're not, they haven't stopped going down. So, again, mm-hmm. I just don't want to be the hero. It's the same story on all these stocks. It's like, yeah, some of these things are getting to reasonable valuations, but same thing with the pendulum. It overshoots you know, to the upside. It's probably going to overshoot to the downside, too. So, very hard to say, okay, we're back at a market multiple in Walmart, so maybe I need to strike now. Well, no, if a business is struggling a little bit here, maybe it shoots the other way. So I'm not coming into anything right now other than some of these beaten down growth names, maybe a few of these on some pullbacks. You know, obviously, you know, I have a position in Disney, but again, Pendulum, you know, Disney doesn't look healthy either. It's starting to leak it too. So maybe it's going to overshoot the other way. It's a tough investing, great trading environment, tough investing environment. All right, let's do some uh, tickers from the chat. Actually, no, yeah, someone asked about Palo Alto, which we, we should cover quickly. Let's do Palo Alto, and yeah. then uh, let's do uh, – I'll do a quick Preakness, and then we'll oh, do Oh, yeah, some right. Down. I forgot about that. Thanks for the reminder. Palo Alto, uh, EPS beat, sales beat, and guidance okay. Oh, man. A lot of people getting their money back. Uh, I'd say you need continuation to the pre-market high of 491. And then just a nice round number like 500. Let's see what happens there. Uh, 504.47. Wow, that that was your high just four days ago. So that, there's my levels. 500, uh, 505. All your cybersecurity stocks are trading up. 500 is a huge level for Palo Alto. Maybe it touches it today. If I was long it, I would sell it in the 490s. That's my opinion. What about Synchrony Financial? SYF. And then we'll do the Preakness. SYF? Did that report? No. Did Uh, it? No. No, I'm just wondering why we were covering it. Uh, It was from the chat. From the chat. Sorry. Yeah. All the banks have been beat up. So it's the same story. I mean, the financials. Are they cheap? Yeah, they've been cheap for a while, but they keep getting cheaper. I think at a certain point in time, you want some financials. Obviously, I put some JP Morgan. Been a mistake. Bought at 131. It's 119. I mean, I think there is a place here for the financials to be thought about, but if we go into recession, it's not good for any of the banks. Uh, must hold 32. Uh, you hit it a few days ago. You bounced off it again. I just don't like, you know, starting to hang out here in the 32 handle. Uh, so under 32, now not much to go. Uh, 3103. Um, it would be the next monthly low. And then I didn't do the retracement very well, but uh, your COVID low was 12. Oh, wow. 
let's call it 40 point move 20 32 so it's coming back in halfway here so see if it can find a home here between 30 and 32 the thing is is that you know once you get into these monthly candles here i mean that was a big month it could you know under 30 you're looking at 25 but uh so the preakness is on saturday and I have to admit, Spencer made a good comment. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that the, the winner of the Derby's not in there. Uh, Rich Strike. And uh, obviously... How does that happen? Okay. Well, my article will be out later. But, I, of course, I have my theories. And the number one theory is they caught lightning in a bottle in that race. And they know they can't win the Preakness, right? Um, now the value of winning the race, the value is in the stud fees, right? So right now with the horse winning the Derby, the stud fees have gone through the roof, right? For this cold. So if he, if he has a poor showing in the Preakness and then doesn't run into Belmont, then the stud fee value goes down. So I think that they can lay it off for the pre, obviously the horse likes to come from behind the Belmont is a mile and a half. The Preakness is a mile and three teenies. That's less than the, the Kentucky Derby, which is a mile and a quarter. So the rest of them, I would not be surprised if this horse doesn't race in the Belmont either. And then they just kind of like, you know, put them in some lesser class horses and try, because there's just the value right now. Uh, why, you know, why put your horse? They obviously don't think he can win the Preakness, but he's not in there. So I think it's all about the money. Uh, there's no Pimlico special in the race. And what I mean by the Pimlico special is over the years, there's been a, a horse that's raced at Pimlico, knows the track, didn't race in the derbies, kind of fresh. We don't have a, a Pimlico special to pick. Uh, Epicenter looks good, right? The horse got second in the derby. Uh, the horse that came third in the derbies, not in it, um, Zandon. So he's going to be your favorite. So at even money or six to five, you know, just not a great risk reward ratio. Uh, for you guys that are, you know, people looking, there's a filly in the race named Secret Oath. And that horse is going to be decent odds. Uh, she's had five victories and eight lifetime starts. Uh, but here's the negative. Uh, there's been 146 practices. There's been six fillies that have won it. Uh, Swiss Skydiver did in 2020, and Rachel Alexandra did in 2009. But before that, it was like 85 years uh, in the making that a, that a filly won. So I'm going to go with a kind of long shot here. And um, it's the one horse. I think he's going to go off better than uh, five to one. The name of that horse is Simplification. And it's simple why I like the horse. He had an absolute terrible, terrible um, trip in the Derby. Um, at one point, the horse was seven wide at the quarter pole. Seven wide. And wait, then, wait, wait, wait. What, what, what does that mean? To a layman like me, what does that mean? Yeah, I know what it means. Either. Seven <laughs> wide, that means that you're seven horses from the rail outside. Oh, outside. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. As opposed to Rich Strike, who made that move, you know, through the inside. You want to be – I can't believe they let that horse come in on the inside like that. Those other horses drifted out. Yeah, anyways, how does that – how did they do that? I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> like, they he just, found the gap. He, he, like, he did. Found, yeah. Yep. So, this – so, seven wide at the quarter pole. 
So like the race was a you know a mile and a quarter. This horse ran more than a mile and a quarter when you're that far out from the rail. And then most of the race he was three to five wide. So I'm thinking he gets a little racing luck, you know, gets off good, lets these other horses go to the top, and uh, he'll come in the stretch. So I, I'll put I'm going to put a little money on him to, uh, on the nose. Me too, Joel. Me I'll too. Throw, I'll throw some combos in there. You know, I don't know if you're going to see, uh, you know, an 80 to one shot, but uh, that's where I'm going with a little bit of a cold streak, but uh, going with a uh, simplification, the number one horse. All right. You sold me. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, ha- I haven't bet. I've never bet on the Preakness. I'm going to. Okay. Wait, wait when is the, I need to know when the race is. Though. It's uh, it's Saturday. I think post is like around 645. Seven okay. O'clock. All right. I'll send a alarm. So I remember. Thank you. All right. That, that was Joel's Preakness preview. Wow. Impressive. Brought to you by... Uh, My article will be out later on highlighting this. I just got to uh, do a little bit more editing on it. All right. All right. And that's our show. What timing. Amazing. So I, I know there's a lot of tickers that we didn't cover. If you want to go hang out with Joel, premarketprep.com. I'm going to end the show, and I'm going to get ready for our next show. It's Friday, so we don't do live trading. We're doing uh, all access. Short show today. Got two companies that I'm going to profile. It'll start in around five or ten minutes. Um, so smash the like button. We had we had over two thousand people watching our show and not two thousand likes. I know that. So um, if we can get up to a thousand, all right. I'm liking the show. I didn't like be, it. I was one of those. Right, I gonna, watched the show and I didn't like it. I just liked it. Joe liked it. Okay, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna go uh, hop on with Sean on uh, pre market prep uh, plus. And he's bullish, man. He's bullish. He's bullish. He's bullish. So. Uh, we'll see what he likes. All, All right. right. Uh, I'll check in with you guys later on. Dennis, good luck to your Oilers. They need oh, it. Gosh, Especially after it. that game one. So good luck to them. Everyone, uh, please remember all the information from this show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Justin, I, I could run a furlong if I knew what a furlong was. Hmm? All right. Going to hop off. See you guys uh, in a few minutes for all access. And uh, if I don't see you, good luck at the Open. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.